Nice. Oh, thank you, Father. Glory, glory, glory. And somebody say, that's my story. That's your story. What's your deal? My deal is a big deal called the glory of God. <laughs> Let's just get fried on it tonight. Shaba. Shaba da ba do ya. Go ahead, have your Holy Ghost scuba snacks. The mystery machine is solving more mysteries. Thank you, Father. For fresh, living light of heavenly delight. The Garden of Eden. Eden is the Hebrew word for D, light. Delight. They shall delight in the fear of the Lord. They shall delight in Eden. It is written. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> uh, I give him the laugh offering tonight. Ha ha, he he, ho ho. Fee fa fo fum, I smell the blood of Jesus. <laughs> and somebody's huffing it. There is no high like the most high. We get higher and higher. It's called going from glory to glory. Going from glory to glory is a greater experience of grace in this place. There is a greater grace upon your face. <laughs> and that's why we're happy. And that's why we're clappy. And that's why we're geeked out on the glory. The geeking glory. Hallelujah. Shaba. Take some time to get marinated and intoxicated before you get revelated and levitated. Shaba. Get your whole head numb. Because when we are dumb, he is smart. Dumb on the anointing. I know nothing except the anointing. And the anointing is my knowledge. Bible says, when we are weak, he is very strong. We're just getting weaker all the time. <laughs> Let the strength of grace rise in this place with the image of great grace through your face. 
And we thank you for Lord. Love you, Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Ferret glory. Thank you, ferret glory. Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. You gotta. There's something about disrespecting the religious spirit of fake protocol. Religious spirit has protocol, but the only protocol is just getting drunk on the blood of Jesus and letting your spirit burn up your soul. Soulish rules and regulations is what the enemy uses to put training wheels on your soul. So you're always on the earth. It's like putting training wheels on a fighter jet. You ain't meant, meant for the earth, buddy. You're meant for the air. You're meant for the sky. Bible says the overcomers will dwell in the sky. That's the word firmament in the Bible. And they will shine as the firmament or they'll shine as a glory skyline. There is glory in the sky when you get the training wheels off of your soul and realize you're created, born again, brand new, by God and not yourself, a flying creature. The new creature is a creature that flies. It doesn't crawl on its belly like the devil. It flies in the air like God, like the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord is your heavenly father. You're born again of the God in the Old Testament in Judges. When Samson was born, his parents said, We have seen the angel of the Lord. Next verse, we have seen God, so we shall surely die. Everyone in the Bible knew the angel of the Lord was God, the creator of heaven and earth. This New Covenant, New Testament stuff, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that God identifies in the Bible as an angel. Lord of hosts, captain of angel armies, or angel of the Lord is the name of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. It's 95% of the Bible, Jesus is called the angel of the Lord. Your savior is the angel of the Lord. <laughs> he took a body and sacrificed it. That same angel of the Lord that spoke to Samson's parents, speaking to you every day out of your innermost being, having ears that listen. Revelation says, here's the key. Let him who has ears to hear, hear. Which means just because you got ears doesn't mean you're listening or hearing at all. Let him who has ears hear what the Spirit is saying. Let him who has ears to hear, hear what the angel of the Lord is saying. We need to hear with our spirit. 
<laughs> your brain needs to be yielded to your spirit to hear the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is constantly communicating with his people, but it takes a certain kind of ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Bob Jones said, and this is the theme this season, the last couple weeks, last few months, is the glorification of sound. Bob Jones says the first thing that will happen in the coming of the glory that will produce the billion soul harvest of the end times and never ending revival called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it'll be outside the four walls of the church. But Bob Jones says the very beginning of the coming of the glory will come in the glorification of sound. It's music, but it's all sound. It's the sense of hearing. The sense of hearing is the first thing that gets glorified in the soul of man. Amen. And it's happening right now. And it's happening by grace. It's happening by God's timeline. It's not something that your effort worked out. Salvation's not worked out through the senses by trying harder. You know, pressing in is just using your spirit muscle to believe, but you can't even believe without favor. The Bible says you can't even have more faith unless you have more favor. It's the favor, the grace, the undeserved, unmerited favor of the Lord that intensifies the believing part of you. How many of y'all know it's not about the soul or the flesh confessing salvation? Only if the spirit confesses salvation is the person saved which means there has to be a regeneration in the divine part of you that bears God's image and that part of you will rise up in hearing the word of God and will glorify your sense of hearing to hear what the spirit and the bride say. What's the bride? Someone who already has their soul fried on the glory. It means they're already married to the glory. They've already come into union with the king of glory with their senses, with their eyes, with their nose, with their mouth, with their ears, with their touch gate. And all their five physical senses are married to the Holy Ghost. So they're not living a natural life. They're living the glory life. Amen. It's a training for reigning. There is an ever-increasing glorification of your five physical senses. This is something that we need to understand clearly. The glorification of the soul. Bible says there's no inheritance unless the soul is glorified. The glory is the only place in scripture where you're promised provision. The glory is the only place in scripture that you're promised divine pleasure. That's why you people outside the glory don't even have a grid for ecstasy. They just mock it. They think it's a demon. They don't know because they've never been in the glory. They've never been taught the knowledge of the glory and their churches don't lead them into the glory. And we need to be discipled in the glory. And in the glory, we come into the experience of the manifest grace as the physical Shekinah glory that becomes our pleasure, that becomes our delight, that becomes our armor, 
that becomes our provision, our protection, and our promotion. That's a lot of P's right there. Protection, provision, promotion. There's more to it than that. From the prophet Jesus, which is the inspired word. The prophetic just means it's full of glory. The prophetic is just means it's inspired. Doesn't mean you have long eyebrows and pointy fingers. And everyone real nervous when the prophet comes around. It means you're inspired. That means that the word inside the temple is alive with the Holy Ghost and this person is in union and agreement with what God thinks. Not what the nations think. Not what the church on the corner thinks, but what the living God, maker of heaven and earth, think. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I want to think those thoughts. And when we think those thoughts and they're imparted in the Bible, we have the materialization of the Shekinah glory on the inside. And the Shekinah is our protection, our promotion, and our pleasure. And the glory will keep increasing. And you begin to understand the glory is the highest grace. It's the highest experience of the undeserved favor because Jesus died on the cross. We're just looking for a desperate people that will receive it and not try to earn the glory, not try to work for the glory, not get into the fading glory of religion because even religion is called the glory. There's the religious spirit that has a fading glory and it's the glory of the stars. It's a natural glory. Each star differs in glory. It is written, Romans 10. But the glory of the bright morning star doesn't differ. It's a different light that's uncreated that will shine brighter in your spirit as you grow in grace. Grace is what we grow in, which is the ability to be tolerant and patient with everyone because God has been exceedingly patient with us. You'll have exactly the same amount of love for others as how much grace you've grown in your spirit to deal with your own heart and mind. The ones that are self-righteous don't have any grace towards others. They're dogmatic, they're judgmental, they're critical. But the ones that grow in grace are just a cup that overflows. It's just living water like a fountain that you can get washed in no matter what kind of animal you are in the natural realm. The natural realm is all, the Bible says, animal. And animals are drawn to water. When an elephant finds a watering hole, the element, the elephant in prophetic symbolizes wisdom, he begins a stomping dance. The elephant water dance. And he pounds into the ground to tell all the herds of elephants, I think it reverberates like three miles, six miles, a long way, that we have found water. Amen. Wisdom is the resounding sound in the spirit and it releases a beacon of light that we have found living water, not in space, not in the sky, but inside our own spirit buried within us under the layers of soil and earth and human blood. There we have discovered 
the Ark of the Covenant. The discovery of the Ark of the Covenant is simply realizing Christ in you, no longer a hope of glory, a full realization of a never-ending fountain of light to keep you washed on the inside, because you're going to deal with a lot of stuff on the outside. Predators will come around the watering hole. Highest concentration of death in the animal kingdom around water sources. Hippopotamus, lions, elephants, zebras, they all need water, but the predators shred them to pieces. That's where they go to die when they go to the water. Amen? But that's where you go. It's climbing Calvary and the cross getting stronger and stronger in your soul so there's nothing left that can be killed because it's all glory. How crucified with Christ are you in your soul? We need a lot more. Until you're just looking at Aquaman. (laughs) And the silver surfer because it's silver water. Amen. Just pure, sparkling, crystal clear grace. You know... The demonstration of the gospel is one who has learned to drink liquid grace from the throne. Doesn't mean you're better than anyone else. There's no boasting before God. God, you can't even boast of any works you've ever done. You can't, no one in heaven is boasting about their life on earth. They're boasting about the grace and the spirit that poured forth through their body because they made room for the glory. So if you want to manifest the kingdom of heaven, you have to have a rock-solid understanding of grace, a much deeper, thorough knowledge of how the water works and flows. And you keep washing your brain because when you don't wash your brain, you always go insane. You see them every day. When they don't get the living water in their mind, There's no chance of a sound mind. There's no chance of peace in their mind or peace with God or peace with anyone or peace in their house because you have opened up your head to the realm of the dead. We need our brain in the latter rain. We need to wash ourselves in the river constantly. That's what the clean garments are. When we look into the marriage supper of the Lamb to see if we're wearing the correct garments, it's looking to see if they are living water creatures. Each one has to have the constant washing of grace. The sustainment of that elevation in the spirit in the new Jerusalem of the inner man raised from the dead while in the body is simply because the mind has been renewed to grace. That's all it is. That's the only thing that carries us into higher places. More water, more knowledge. How much favor has God the Father given to you? as much as you need to have a clean conscience for you to judge yourself clean. The issue is you keep judging yourself more accurately after his level of judgment, which isn't a condemnation, but a greater need for a greater glory, a greater living water, and a greater grace. The standard is the exact likeness of the living God and the outraying brilliance of the light being and nothing else. And it's easy when you get into understanding what he's given you. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Grace. He comes from the place called the Throne of Grace. 
this is what needs to abound. This is how you'll get the sinners. This is why Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes is because there was an overflowing of living water that was so strong it provided for them. People that often go into those lines of work, it's all because of money. The living water is Jehovah Jireh. It will provide for you if you keep your mind washed. Your provision will be in the heavenly arena and not Satan's slavery hell arena. You have to know the living water as God on earth. If we don't, we go to the enemy. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is only temporary fixes, but they cost you realms of your soul. Whereas the things with God are permanent fixtures. They're permanent healings. The living water will flow in every area you have a revelation. Revelation of Jesus Christ is how the living water takes over the soul, which is the total transformation of our souls on earth as it is in heaven. You study God in the Bible, what is he? The source of the living water, the source of glory. The source of the river of fire that sacked and demolished Babylon in Daniel chapter 7. So the living water manifests in judgment towards darkness as fire. It's a river of fire to darkness. But to the sons and daughters of salvation, it's a river of pleasure, protection, and provision. Amen. And you simply learn to drink it and it conquers your mind and you begin to see it. Yesterday I was watching the river flow out of my innermost being and it was like light particles and my natural eyes mixed with my spirit could see the river of life like glory particles and it looked like energy and it looked like power and it looked like sparkling glory glory but it looked real scientific honestly it looked like some kind of scientific thing like i was looking at a periodic periodic table of glory rising and there was all these different like i don't know if it was equations or the einstein anointing that probably definitely not <laughs> but it it looked like some kind of energy work I've never seen the glory like that before. I've seen the glory in many different ways in my life, and I've seen the river experience the river, but it's a new expression. This is why the mind has to lose control, because he's manifesting himself in a different form every season of your life. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, they couldn't recognize him. They'd spent three and a half years with him, but they didn't know it was him. Why? Because he came in a different form. It's to prepare you that the Spirit will change forms on you all the time. And the only way to recognize him is if your spirit's addicted to him and you've lived yielded to him. If the soul's not crucified and the brain's not crucified, there's a judgment in here of what it looks like. And it's not the control of God. It's still man's control because you think you know what God looks like. It's judging by appearances. It's practicing the religious devil. And it's everywhere in Christianity. And it's tolerated and it's pure wickedness. But when you get into the river of life, there is no judgment 
There is only discernment. Totally different. Discernment is judging the living water righteous. There's a righteous judgment and then there's an unrighteous judgment. To be constantly flowing in God's ever-changing forms, you have to learn discernment of spirits to judge God righteously because the form is always changing through your finite speck of dust called a brain. You look at the brain, the brain's one speck of dust flying around on planet Earth. If you think this speck of dust in your head is able to discern spirits, you'll never be right. You'll be wrong about everything your entire life. You'll never know God until this speck of dust is totally annihilated by yielding to true discernment of the judgment of the spirit, which is knowing him in the glory of your spirit, which means I know him in the Shekinah. I know him in the fruitfulness. I know him in the joy. Sometimes he'll stretch you because you've known him a certain way. And he'll present himself as he was training his disciples in different manifestations. God is coming right now to his people in a completely new and different manifestation. And the only ones that are going to recognize and know it are the ones that are set free from the judgments of the brain. People in the brain are just going to attack this unknown move of God. And they're going to blaspheme God. They're going to attack the unknown God that they know about in their brain, but it's coming as the latter rain. And it's coming as energy. It's coming looking like scientific particles. It's coming as energy. I mean, I hate to say it, but the New Agers have more things right than the Christians do a lot of times because of the religious devil in Christianity. And the New Agers deny Christ and they're all wrong about that and they get into selfishness and, and self-love and all kinds of dumb stuff with demons. But as far as the energy and the freedom of the definitions, that stuff's spot on. That's biblical stuff. God is called a light being in Hebrews chapter 1. Light being is a Christian term. I think a light being is also a light worker. And it's not the working of the stars. It's not children of the stars. It's not second heaven's devils. But it's the same vocabulary. It's vocabulary stolen from the scriptures and added to some kind of second heaven's demons. But you need that vocab. There's a freedom there that the devil has stolen from Christianity that needs to be restored. A vocabulary that defines the experience. It's the communication of wisdom. There is a wisdom spoken amongst the mature. When you, you have to learn to communicate these things accurately. When you listen to mature prophets like Bob Jones, he'd always talk about illumination. He'd always use new, new age terminology. And he, there was no reaction to the people's offense because of how high he's flying in the spirit. Which means you're right with God on the inside flowing in the river. And you're simply using the correct terminology that has biblical origin. And you're taking back what the devil stole from you. Most importantly that we take back from the devil is definitions, symbolisms, means of communication, and the empowerment of the Word of God, which is the kingship of the Word. The reason why the enemy through the occult and New Age and all kinds of religious paganism steals the symbolism, including the pentagram. 
You say pentagram nowadays. People flip a switch. Oh, Wicca, Satanism, occult. It was a Christian symbol for like 1800 years. The pentagram was a Christian symbol for over a thousand years. And only recently, like in the last 70 years, has it been associated with paganism. I mean, that's how brainwashed our culture is in the knowledge of evil and communication belonging to the fallen angels. Just as an example, we are gone, you guys. Our culture has discipled us into a Jezebelic Christianity that gives most of the powerful things that the prophets needed to have to have power over their societies and cultures. We don't have them. We're scared to go there because the enemy says, this belongs to me. It doesn't. Nothing belongs to the enemy. No symbol belongs to the enemy. The only thing they're going to get is the fallen angel themselves in the lake of fire that we provide for them. But we go into the seven nations of Canaan, the promised land, and guess what? We take everything. So when you go into that realm, you didn't just burn down everything. You didn't burn their houses down. You occupied them and took them all. There's not a demolishing. There's a seizing back from everything stolen in Christianity. And it's done in the spirit right now through freedom and wisdom. Two things, freedom and wisdom. Wisdom will increase your freedom because you see the superiority of the spirit over soulish interpretations of religion. Soulish interpretations of religion. They go down. When the spirit has wisdom, it can cut through all the soulish stealing of associating things from heaven that have fallen and been stolen by the devil. If the devil has built a kingdom of everything stolen from God, guess what happens when you grow in God? Everything in that kingdom, except the demons themselves, is washed and added unto you. So that's the only way you'll ever learn how to communicate in wisdom. Wisdom is taking back all the cultural stuff that's associated with paganism. Listen, mixing wine, the, the, sim, the symbolism of Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, Song of Solomon, dark but lovely. Some of this stuff, you guys, dark speech. Proverbs 1, wisdom is called riddles and dark speech or black speech in the King James Version. Black speech. You know, we say that stuff nowadays. People don't have a clue what you're talking about because we have lost the ability to communicate the deep wisdom of true maturity in Christ. We need to add that level of communication to get all the stupid paranoia of immaturity off our communication. If you're offended by swear words, the devil has you because offense is offense around your mind. You're incarcerated in the devil if you can be offended by cuss words, by paganism. It means you don't have any wisdom. It's the truth anyhow. We love you, but you need wisdom to redeem these things, wash these things, and get the belief systems of good and evil out of your soul that's controlling you by the fallen angels. Fallen angels control good people with the same throne that they control bad people. It's called the tree or the throne of good and evil. 
If you don't attack that throne of good and evil, good and evil will deceive you in false Christianity all the days of your life. You know, most people go to church to learn the knowledge of good and evil, which is anti-Christ. It's religion in the soul. Do this, don't do that. How many of y'all know that's paganism? It's external religion. That's satanic Christianity everywhere. Do this, don't do that. And if you do that, you're bad and condemned and you go and hide and you just hide from God because you're so full of shame that you can't be real because religion has blocked the way to the river of actually knowing God in your spirit that constantly keeps you washed. When you get revelation, it's no longer good and evil in the soul running away. I'm, I have a backslidden season. How far can you backslide? You can only backslide a couple inches since the river's right there in everyone's spirit in the whole world. All you got to do is get a revelation. You can't backslide more than a couple inches. Hello? And then you have the river, which means as soon as you wash, you're washed, you're repented. You have repentance is a constant washing and returning to the river. Turn to the river. Turn to the river. Turn to the river. Amen. There's a river in you that you turn into and we turn to the river. So John the Baptist came with a gospel of repentance. His message was repent and be baptized. The message of the spirit and power of Elijah that restores the children to the heavenly father is the message of return to the river. If you don't have that foundation, nothing else in the kingdom is going to work in your life. If you have not yet discovered the river of life out of your innermost being, your bowels right here, right where baby sloth is, right there. <laughs> Amen. And then at that foundation, the water is working. You have the foundation of salvation, which is the living water. You can't build on the house unless it's a water house. It's a water house. This is a lake house. This is a river house. This is an ocean palace. The pearls of the house are the gates. So that means pearls only exist underwater. He's building an aquarium of your soul. So the glorified soul is fully aquatic, which means you have revelation in every part and need of your life connected to Jesus and disconnected from Satan's thrones. These devils that connect you to external realms that are strongholds and deceptions that keep you plugged into the realm of the natural. And a revelation will come, hit that mark right through your mind, go into your spirit, cut the cable, cut the cord in the circumcision of your brain. What we need right now is a circumcision of our brains, which disconnects the brain from all outward things and connects it to the river of life, John 7:38, that's in your belly. So I encourage everybody to lay hands on their belly when they watch Joel's Bar, because if you don't awaken to your spirit, put your brain in your heart, in your spirit, you can't ever grow. You'll never grow. You listen to sermons the next 30 years, you read the Bible the next 30 years, but if it does, isn't put in your spirit, you have not grown one inch in God. And most people never do, because they're not God-inside-minded. You can't grow unless you're God-inside-minded, until you've separated by the 
word of God and the true, accurate, prophetic preaching of the gospel, your soul from your spirit totally as different beings. They're called different beings by Jesus in the red letters. There, you have a being, a most being, and an innermost being. Three parts, spirit, soul, and body. If you're locked in your body, you're Neanderthal. You're as lost as lost gets. If you're locked in your soul, you're self-righteous. You're a Pharisee. Which means you're condemning those that are locked in the flesh. Locked in the flesh, knowledge of evil. Locked in the soul, knowledge of good. Satan's fathering both of them. Salvation comes from the Spirit. When your mind sees there's a different part of you, the older prodigal son didn't even know this realm existed. He's been out in the wheat field, Luke 15, thinking that living in the soul realm, being good and doing good is Christianity, and it was not Christianity at all. It was Satanism, and he only grew in selfish pride. He grew a big, huge goat that the father said, I'm going to have to pop the bubble in your heart because you need to begin in your spirit, in a revelation of grace, in the development of your innermost being. You've been in your soul your entire life, believer in Jesus. Soulish believers in Jesus, that's the whore of Babylon in Revelation. Truth and yeah, those who only believe as deep as their heart are the members of the seven-headed beast. Beast means flesh. So they're still riding the river of the red dragon in pride and knowledge. But it's not spiritual knowledge, it's blood and soulish knowledge, it's religious knowledge that caused our great-grandma Eve to die when she ate from it. It's the knowledge of the heart that kills a person. That's the knowledge and the appearance of good. Good in the heart. There's no one good in the heart. The heart is wicked beyond knowing, Jeremiah says. Now we have a good spirit. The Bible says he has given us his good spirit. There is goodness in the spirit. That's what grace is. And that's what humbles the heart. So we go down in a progressive baptism and share with the most being and the being, the soul and the flesh, the revelation of grace. And the more the soul and the flesh drinks, the more you'll manifest and the less you'll stink. Hallelujah. And your personality get glorified because you've been saved by grace, which that's what increases the fruits of the Spirit. As you grow in salvation, of progressively being saved by revelations of the living water, it transfigures your personality because there's no judgmentalism, there's no critical spirit, there's no pride in those areas that have revelations of grace. Grace and pride are the two kingdoms. You can't have both. You'll love one and despise the other. I've seen fallen angels possess people and weep and gnash their teeth through human faces, growling. And you know what they're angry about? What the devil said to me? Grace. They hated it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, the devils see this living water. They were infuriated. I watched them fly out of the air 
and possess human souls, contort their faces, and grumble and growl, grace. <laughs> Second time I saw the devils do that, jump in people's faces and their faces contort, necks spinning like owls in the USA. And they were angry about Zion. You know what, Zion is two things, and the Holy Ghost had me have these encounters for teaching purposes for his people. Two things, the, this next one was Zion. If face contorted Zion, just the agony and the horror of the flying demons looking at the mountain of grace. That was like the most encouraging thing that's ever happened in my life. <laughs> to see how frustrated the enemy was because the mountain of grace is rising in this place. It's a mountain of living water. It's Mount Zion. So two things that you have already you're not you don't need them you don't need to do stuff for them you already have them now only believe and it'll manifest through your soul if you can yield your heart and brain you'll see the latter rain if you can yield and believe you will see the grace of the Lord Jesus Bible says only believe and you will see the glory and holiness Without holiness, no one will see Lord. Holiness is that grace. Jesus is the man of grace. Grace is a man. Mr. Grace in this place, shining through our face. Great grace was upon them all because Jesus possesses his people. Not an external anointing for, for me to grow up and learn like paganism teaches, like just a uh, grace on me fruit to grow. No, grace is the po progressive possession of the Holy Spirit, the living God in the temple. He's the spirit of grace. Jesus is the man of grace who has already appeared and he'll appear in you as you grow in grace and empty your hearts and minds of legalism self-righteous judgments and all religion in the piercing of your hearts of the sword of grace now the sword of grace is the word of grace the gospel is the word of grace the gospel is the container of the living waters that's the impartation in those who are progressively saved on the inside by learning how the spirit becomes a receptacle like a new wineskin for the liquid substance of liquid salvation within and the more the brain understands how you're saved by liquids the cup of the new covenant the river of life return to the river the message of the entire new testament of new covenant christianity it's all about getting into this liquid flow of the holy spirit because the holy spirit is here as a liquid substance fire li liquid fire living water silver water all of it gold the gold itself is liquid every single aspect of the kingdom moves in liquid and you're supposed to be a formless manifestation, the skin of those liquids. The new creature is the container of those liquids of salvation. It's true, and your container has no cap. That's how you can always have more. And there's new forms and manifestations you've never known that will come all the time simply by the desires of your soul. In the areas where you desire revelation, the Bible says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. What's going to happen when you knock, when you seek? 
That means different things from God will materialize in your spirit and shoot through your heart and brain. Loose. Cast that stuff out of you out there. Totally demon-possessed. Loose. 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 Get it out. Use the living water to cleanse your vessel. Cleanse the temple. Remember, when the temple was defiled, the, the enemy armies would go into the temple and defile the temple. The abomination of desolation that causes division sets itself up in the temple, the Antichrist. It is the works of demon spirits, external forces, and all of you have some. Nobody is exempt from this. If you're in this world, you have external things influencing you. And if you don't think so, think so, then you have a lot of them. A lot of them. And here is how you deal with it. It's a daily crucifixion of that beast system and the living water washing those areas through the soul. Teresa of Avila says, when the living water goes into new rooms in the interior castle, it exposes reptiles in every room in the seven interior mansions. And it's not just the exposure of the reptilian, which are lies, serpents, and little geckos, lizards, lizard spirits, snake spirits, different lies, different deceptions. And people are filled with them. That's why you're not living in a perfect angelic glory as a transfigured being with celestial flesh yet. But you will as you deal with the stuff in your own heart and soul with the living water that confronts it. Living water is also a fountain of light within you. And the fountain of light is working in the exposure of darkness. And it's not like we don't see it already. It's just how to attack it as the enemy through your own soul, waging the good Christian warfare of a fountain of light that's always right. When the enemy comes, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will come as a flood and raise a standard against him, which means your deliverance each and every time from demonic influence will only be in liquid form in water and oil and grace do not harm the wine and oil it is written why because it's the only hope of delivering yourself from earthly influence and second heaven ranged attack starlight influence for the sun shall no longer strike them because of the liquid salvation that is covering their hearts and their minds the reason why some of you are so demon possessed is because the living water hasn't covered your brain yet we have this anchor for our mind into the living water put your brain in the liquid salvation tonight get pickled and baptized baptism is called salvation there is a salvation for the soul and you begin to grow while you're underwater if you're constantly attacked because parts of you aren't baptized that's why you need the foundations of the baptisms hebrews chapter 6 to go into the training in righteousness Training in righteousness is how to use the living water to rule the world, but we're not even baptized. We're demon-possessed with stuff hanging out in the dry place because we haven't brought our hearts and brains down into the well of salvation within. First and foremost, to come out of the influence of the prince of the power of the air, you got to be God-inside-minded, which is a needle in a haystack nowadays because the demons have so corrupted true Christianity, everyone's bewitched to a measure. Everyone, all the prophets are bewitched to a measure. It's absolutely true. 
You know, even me, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's all them, it's us. We're preaching this double-edged sword so one side cuts us because this is what we need and what others need. This is love, a two-edged sword. Iron sharpening our spirit, slaying our souls. Iron sharpening your spirit, slaying your souls. The same standard. Jesus applied that standard to himself as he does his equally yoked bride. The Bible says in Song of Solomon, she is my equal, my bride, and it's speaking of the soul. How can a soul be equal to the angel of the Lord? In the Bible, it is written now, how can your soul, so full of weakness, deception, demonic influence, madness, craziness, poverty, sickness, lust, pride, religion, how can that be equal to the perfect living God, the angel of the Lord? Because we're getting it renewed by drinking grace. It's grace in the soul that becomes my equal, my bride. The bride of Christ is the soul of all of the believers having the same purity, the same clarity, the same power and authority as the born-again spirit. What authority is put in the spirit when you're born again? The overcoming of death. If someone gets born again and regenerated in spirit and you blow their head off, their spirit conquered death that day and it flies to be an eternal paradise in heaven in the fullness of glory and love they're in the kingdom of heaven forever they have a perfect life for eternity even though their heart's a mess they knew nothing in their brain but their spirit was recreated and they got grace in their spirit what happens if you get that spirit of grace in the soul what happens when you get that spirit of grace in the brain that's when your natural life begins to transform into heaven on earth. When you pray, how do we pray? How do we communicate? On earth as it is in heaven, by our spirit sharing with our soul and the natural part of us how to manifest and melt down all the external realm and bring it under dominion and submission to Christ in our spiritual stomach. It's like Jabba the Hutt. You just put that big old belly over the whole region. Truth in here. And they're carried in on big poles, and their bellies are hanging off the edges of these huge platters, and the, the huts are here. Big trouble. And the huts are ruling entire planetary systems in Star Wars. It's, it's symbol, it symbolizes great grace, and it symbolizes the spirit having conquered the natural elements. Now, you know your spirit does that when you're born again, but it's inside the elements. That's why it takes a destruction of the elements for the spirit to fly away. That's not God's plan for your life. That's staying immature and subject and submitted to the elements and all those people get sick and eventually die in their old age. They'll die of a cold. They'll die of all kinds of diseases. That's not God's plan. That's because the spirit is still submitted to the elements and we will overcome the elements. Peter says the elements shall melt with fervent heat. That is the development of your spirit. You have to learn first and foremost to put your brain into your spirit. 
don't think you'll even taste these realms I'm teaching tonight until you put your brain in your spirit. Those whose brains are controlled by their spirit have peace with God. That's the foundation of this baptism. Training in righteousness comes after this final baptism. It's the baptism of the glory of God. It's the baptism of fire. Amen. And you shall be saved by fire. Jesus Christ baptizes in the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of tongues, you have the down payment. And from that place, now your spirit's regenerated. Now you get the baptism of fire, which is going from glory to glory. Baptism of fire is going from glory to glory. You can't even begin going from glory to glory. It's not even possible. That door is closed. That door is so far away. You don't even know what we're talking about until you're baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues which means your spirit can talk to God and bypass this whole meat sack of manure pile whether it be Greek or whether it be Jew or whether it be male or female it can bypass the flesh and communicate perfectly spirit to spirit son to father praying always in the Holy Spirit building your spirit up in the most holy faith speaking in tongues. Paul says, I pray in tongues more than all of you. Amen. Which is the development of the spiritual communication with God. And the Spirit knows not how to pray, but the Spirit gives utterance and how to pray when we pray in tongues. We pray perfectly God's will 100% of the time. Your spirit, that incorruptible part of you that cannot sin, can talk now. When we don't know how to talk, we don't know how to speak in tongues. And when we speak in tongues, now we got to share it with our understanding and burn up our souls for the soul to communicate as purely as speaking in tongues. Very few people have ever done that in the history of Christianity. Jesus was so pure, he never had to speak in tongues because his soul perfectly spoke his spirit the entire time from birth. Do you know that is the measurement of maturity is the ability of communication. That's why we deal with attacking the symbols, getting the symbols back, the dark speech, the black speech of Proverbs 1, the foundation of communication, learning how to speak, riddles, parables, and wisdom. That is essential for the soul to catch up with the communication of the Spirit speaking in tongues. And it will if we learn wisdom, and it's the learning of wisdom. Wisdom is the communication of the purity of the Word that is equal to speaking in tongues perfectly. Do you understand that? Wisdom is speaking in English as equal spirit perfection as speaking in tongues as the spirit being. And you keep transforming the soul until it's only wisdom pouring out. Wisdom has built her castle within. It's a beautiful castle. It's the mansion of God. In my father's house there are many mansions are places where wisdom has built her palaces. The mansion of God is the palace of wisdom. Amen. And there is no other mansion besides wisdom. It don't exist. <laughs> Learning how to speak as a spirit for the Holy Spirit. Ambassadors, that's what the prophetic is. The prophetic is the communication of wisdom or the spirit being able to speak with the full inspiration as a light being, as a son and daughter of God 
which is not male or female, so you can, that's why it only calls them sons of God, and it's not about male or female, it's about the maturity of the spirit being able to talk. That's what sonship is. It's how the spirit can talk and speak and communicate wisdom as an angel. Angels don't have anatomy. Angels don't even have brains, people. Angels don't have brains. There's no male or female angels. They can have the appearance of male or female, but they don't have flesh and they don't have brains. They don't have anatomy. Hello? Truth anyhow. That part of you that is angel, that is spirit, is learning how to talk angel. That's why we speak in the tongues of the world, the tongues of nations, and the tongues of angels. You'll speak cherubim. Keep speaking in tongues until you speak seraphim, cherubim, and ophanim. There will be angelic dialects, and that will come with the greater understanding. You could speak in tongues in your prayer language, say in your Assemblies of God Pentecostal church on the church corner for 50 years and never speak in angelic tongues. Why? Because you haven't facilitated an atmosphere that requires a higher growth. You're still in the incubator and you've been born again 50 years and I know I'm talking to someone right now. God is going to stretch you out of the four walls of what's comfortable to you into realms of the angels. In that realm, it's a Jerusalem without walls. Your promised land doesn't have walls. First thing that comes down in the promised land in the Bible of Jericho is the walls by the marching of the seven times. The seven brought down the walls, which is the seven spirits of God, the fullness of the Holy Ghost in your seven interior castles, bringing down the walls of culture, society, Male and female, Greek and Hebrew, education, uneducated, whatever kind of animal clique and group you came out of, those are the walls of Jericho that come down in the seven spirits of God, which is in the glory, so that we can be a spirit people in Israel. Israel is the nation of the Holy Spirit, of spirit beings that don't have walls. The evidence that you're New Covenant Israel is you don't have an association with anything in the earth dimension. It's entirely heavenly. What's your nationality? Heaven. Heavenly. The Israel of the 144,000 are those sons of God, the children of the resurrection, that become completely heavenly, not just in spirit, but in soul and in mind and in celestial body. Celestial body. But the body gets it last. Spirit gets it first. So you'll be enjoying it in the spirit for decades, often for many, many, many years before the body gets it. We want the body first because we're completely backwards. The body doesn't come first. The spirit's first. Old Testament is first in the natural. New Testament is then in the spiritual. You're in the New Testament, in the spiritual, in the new covenant, which means you now in this timeline of God are getting it in the spirit and you are renewing your mind to bring it into the realm of the natural, which is conquering the devil. Conquering your naturality, your natural bloodlines, your earthliness, your cultures, your influence, your new age deception, your religious deception, all the crap that we're enculturated in by the devil in our societies has to burn up like a manure pile. It's the burning of the witchcraft scrolls of the book of Acts. And the, the number of the burning of their witchcraft books t totaled up to millions of dollars 
in the book of Acts that's written, which means the burning of everything we value of knowledge in the natural realm. It's all your natural libraries for that book that can't be burned, the Lamb's book of life, for the Lamb cannot be harmed. A second time it is written, that book can't be burned, but burn everything that can be burned. I've come to bring fire, oh, I wish it was already kindled. Bring the fire and burn the books, burn the scrolls over your heads, through your necks, through your flesh, through your bones, through your hearts, in your forehead. Burn them, all the words that work in you lawlessness. What is the lawlessness of the Antichrist? It's a lack of the working of the Word of God in the soul. The soul is the man of lawlessness when the Word and the Spirit have not yet conquered it. Which means there's a beast system amongst believers that have not been conquered by the Spirit Word. The living Word, King of kings and Lord of lords of the kings and priests of the earth. That means the lordship of the kingdom is given to those whose souls are renewed by the word of God. If there's other scrolls working in you, what did Jesus Christ say? The parable of sower, sowing seed. An enemy has done this. An enemy sowing scrolls, invisible word curses, witchcraft words, paganism, all kinds of occult activity of fallen angels in the guise of Christianity. I was shocked when I was court-ordered to Minnesota Teen Challenge in 1999 that the same witchcraft demons were in the Assemblies of God churches that were in the depths of the darkest realm of the occult. I could see the same spirits. It's witchcraft. It's the religious spirit in the occult. The ultimate deception of all time is how the fallen angels brought the occult into buildings made by human hands of all denominations to keep it earthly. If your Christianity is earthly and not firmament, you have been influenced by fallen angel occult false Christianity and a lot of people don't want to get into that so they turn to a spirituality of like the new age which is a freer expression than practicing the deepest darkness of occult religion in the guise of Christianity. A lot of people in this generation could not be that evil and that's why they didn't go to church because they could not practice that depth of darkness of the occult. Some people that have just been born and raised, it's the goat nature. What's the symbol of Satanism? The goat. The goat's the Christian symbol for the religious spirit from Jesus Christ in the Bible. Satan only uses the definitions that came from God. His whole kingdom is a kingdom of symbolism and words stolen from Jesus Christ, and it's written in the Word. And he knows that. And we're just here thinking, oh, this is the, you know, this is the enemy. No, it's what the enemy stole from our communication, from our language. The enemy stole our language. He confused our language. He stole our wisdom. Our ability to communicate as spirit beings, as Israelites, has been stolen and resides in the enemy's camp. You need to go into the enemy's camp and get your communication back, get your freedom back, and the ability to 
speak freely in the glory without religious tyranny. And if they're offended, slaughter them. Samson in the spirit of might, he put the torch of the word of God in their tails representing false speech and he sent them into the enemy's camp and annihilated their communication. That's the spirit of might in the new covenant, tying tails together, which is false communication. You know, demons, the origin of demons is in the understanding of the communication of the fallen angels and that buzzing in the ears that you often hear. That's demons talking around your life. That's witchcraft and other spirits speaking and communicating in the powers of the air. Holy Ghost. And you slaughter it when you get wisdom. Wisdom kills beasts. Beast is the only thing animal moves through. Beast is the only thing demons move through. If you slaughter beast, demon-free zone automatically. If you slaughter the beast in your forehead by the renewing of your mind and learn how to talk living water, the knowledge of the glory that covers the earth as the waters cover the sea, and learn how to speak liquid out of the new wine skin with an ever-increasing wine and oil, always growing in wisdom, going from glory to glory in the baptism of fire, ascending, learning how to keep this animal body suit washed and undefiled from all the stuff that comes at you every day, especially now in the pinnacle of the ages and the climax of the times when the enemy is desperate to deceive you, mainly this generation in lust to rip, rip you off, but the water is greater than the lust, guys. The living water is greater than any lust that the devil will throw at you. And all those areas of weakness and lust that this generation deals with, the living water shall conquer it. The living water shall wash it. And they shall find the pleasure and the satisfaction in the rivers of living water. And the grace of the Lord Jesus is greater than your addictions. It's greater than your pleasures. It's greater than your hidden sin. And Jesus is not ashamed to deal with your manger. He just wants you to get real. Speak it out into the light. Lord, I need grace. Just tell him what you need. I need living water. There are areas in the young men in our generation that have never overcame pornography. And the living water will increase in the midst of your addiction and your lust and the living water will conquer it and wash it out of you and will keep you clean and you shall rise in the midst of it, declares the Lord. The Holy Spirit is greater than your heart. You need this revelation. The Holy Spirit is greater than the weakness of the animal. Your salvation is not based on the animal becoming a clean animal. That's the old covenant. You're not in that covenant. Your salvation is a reliance on the living water. The covenant of grace. I'm telling you guys, it's not an abuse of grace. It's how to stay clean in the midst of being surrounded with the darkest, most tempting world system of selfishness and greed and all kinds of filthy lucre and unrighteous mammon everywhere in the richest nation that's ever existed, the USA. The net worth of all the families here in America is $950 trillion. There has never been a nation even close to as rich as this nation. That's why there is such an animosity towards the gospel because we are so self-sustaining. We are so incredibly successful 
by the soul that we don't see the need for these deeper depths of living water. This is ridiculous. No one can find this level of life unless they forfeit the highest quality of life that has ever existed in this planet. Do you understand that? The highest quality of life, maybe not you because you're disciples and so you, you deal with the stuff, you deal with a lot of different stuff when you sign up to be a disciple. But in your society, in America, in Manhattan, in San Francisco, where you can't get a, a studio apartment for less than $2,000, 250 square foot cubicle in San Francisco and Manhattan is $2,000 a month. And they're all full. And that's the, the lowest level of existence. And they're all full in whole huge cities in this nation. Maybe not you, because you're from a poorer region, but it's here in your country. The greatest wealth of all time is the greatest distraction of all time. Satan has made the quality of life of the average American higher than kings of 300 years ago. Higher quality. Just the instant gratification of drive-throughs. One touch of a button and everything you need is hand-delivered to your door. People couldn't even imagine that level of quality of life even 50 years ago. This is so incredible. But I tell you what, not to deny that stuff. That stuff can be added unto your spirit as you're sanctified. But it's that stuff that has kept people from seeking out the deeper things of the living water. A good life. And they call it being blessed. You're not blessed. You're cursed and distracted by Babylon. Babylon is the place of all the gold in the Old Testament. Babylon took all the gold of the temple. Every article of gold in the Jerusalem temple, except the ark that was buried under Golgotha. So the blood of Jesus went right on the mercy seat physically when Christ died. Every other article of the temple went into Babylonian captivity, representing all the wealth of the realm of the natural in that pyramid on your $1 bill and Satan flaunting it with the sorcerers that understand these angelic concepts in your whole society for hundreds of years. And most Christians don't even get it, don't have a clue. We're not learning the deep secrets of Satan, we're learning righteousness that overlords the fallen angels like Enoch and the Watchers, where they had to come to Enoch for permission to move. They couldn't even move unless they asked Enoch for permission because his spirit had such a dominion and the the Bible says he was King of Kings and Lord of Lords before Jesus was. What's King of Kings and Lord of Lords of Enoch? Spirit. The spirit of Enoch had conquered the soul of Enoch and the flesh of Enoch. That's what walking with God and pleasuring and pleasing God actually is. And that's all you got to do. And Satan has made it as hard as possible with all the external successes offered this generation. Those are the temptations. I've dealt with it by the hundreds. They offered me 12 different television channels or television shows when that Vice documentary came out in 2013. 12! All kinds of money. And people would be telling me, there's your Lamborghini. You can quickly fulfill the prophecy of God blessing you. But I saw that they wanted to turn us into some kind of Kardashian. They wanted it to be in the Babylonian system. They wanted to keep the gold in that world system. And as a seer, I could see what the enemy was doing. And I could not take the bait. And I violently opposed all those offers. Even swearing at them and cussing them like Jesus in the temple. May your money perish with you. 
or turning over the money changers tables. That was not God. That was the quick way out, the microwave version of the temptations of the devil trying to fulfill destiny promises prematurely. Same temptations of Jesus Christ in the Bible. Satan offered him the fulfillment of his destiny promises prematurely without having to go to the cross. And so he shut that whole realm down and told Satan to get stuffed and rejected and get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you worship God only. It's all about flowing with the Holy Ghost because it's about the lesson of walking with the Father. It's not about the blessing. It's not about the rewards, although that's important to God, very important. It's about walking with Him through the lessons. It's about the Father being a teacher and you being a son and daughter as a spirit being and going through all the temptations together in the wilderness of your soul. If you take the easy way out, you'll never become a friend of God. Never. If I would have said yes to those quick successes back in 2013, I would have forfeited my destiny because I would have stopped walking with God and taken a Babylonian inheritance and most lesser discerning people would have called that being blessed. But it would have been a rejection and a forfeit of my destiny. And it wasn't going to happen because my conversion was so severe upon my spirit that the only success that was left in my being was spiritual success. Soulish success was annihilated in my conversion because it was so severe. So your soulish counterfeit false successes have to be annihilated in order for true spiritual successes that usually come at a cost of suffering in the soul because the soul is denied unless you deny yourself and pick up your cross you can by no means be my disciple jesus christ said which means you can't get the instant gratification stuff people say you're crazy you're missing opportunities i had so many people say you have just missed it no the glory didn't miss it the glory got stronger and I've had real prophets every season come and confirm the decisions were right and you go on autopilot when you live as a spirit being if you have soulless mixture you'll fall down all the time like dogs were returning to vomit but if your soul is really crucified your spirit will always make increase in Christ people won't understand because they judge soulishly they look at the external you be sitting in the same room for 12 years. Why don't you do something new? Why don't you go do, do, voodoo, do, do. Voodoo, do, do. Go do, 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 do. Go build. Be tempted to go build your own houses. Go build your own church. Go build your own theater. Blow up Joel's bar. Do, do $10,000 in advertising. You know, sell out to the world system. And it's not about just being hard and harsh. It's not about being severe. It's about union with the Holy Ghost. It's about being one with the cloud, cloud by day, fire by night, pillar of fire and pillar of cloud. It's a pillar of cloud. And it's about union with the cloud. It's about following the Holy Ghost. Who are the sons of God? Those who are led by the Spirit of God. That's what it's about. It's not a formula. It's not just being hard. If you want that, just go to Marine Corps boot camp. That ain't, that is, if the Spirit leads you, that is God. It's about being Spirit-led. The New Covenant is revelation-led by a person sent from Jesus, the Holy Ghost. And if the Holy Ghost ain't doing it, you ain't doing it, even if there's a million dollars there. Yep. And I know people in ministry, co-workers in Christ, 
that have had a million dollar checks written, but the Holy Spirit said, this will destroy your ministry if you take it from this person. You can't handle this yet. And they ripped it up. They ripped up a million dollars. Do you have the level of self-control that it would take to value spiritual growth with your father? Most of you don't. And that's why you're still not millionaires because your soul is still too immature to value that natural realm more highly than the spirit realm. Because when your spirit realm grows, that natural stuff comes automatically as rivers because the whole creation automatically serves the creator. It's automatic. It's not something that requires any effort whatsoever. Zero. It's all about God the Father coming up inside your heart. The Father will rise in your heart. When the Father rises in your heart, well, behold, your life is perfect because God's perfect. If it's not, it's because some kind of selfish deception in you has rejected him and is living in the realm of the dead, trying to add revelation to the soul, come to Joel's bar for a soulish breakthrough. Those people never make it. They always get more and more demon-possessed. Look for them. Where are they? Where are the ones that tried to add Joel's bar into their soul? They never make it. They always go away, and then you see them writing on their Facebook like they were a part of the kingdom, a part of Red Letter Minute. They were never with us, like John says in the Bible. They came out from amongst us, but they were never of us. Why? Because they never went lower than their own heart, than their own soul. They're selfish goat Christians only in the sacrificing of the heart and the self and the goat and the killing of the goat is there having fun with your friends in spirit in truth in the river becoming river disciples notice there's no disciples in the New Testament except the disciples of the river if you are not trained in that river of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ Christianity is a false religion to you to this day everything you've read in the new testament is it's just still a dead letter it's sealed you don't know a single verse you could have the whole new testament memorized won't do you any good until you go in the river and become a disciple of the river most american christians just have to start over and people do that if you have been broken out there in false christianity and you come in to the river of the real disciples of the river of life with John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, the prophetic and the apostolic, that's only ever in the river. You will press the restart button. How often? Daily. I die daily. I reset daily. The priest gets new garments each every morning. Your mercies are new, which means when the river's running through you, Everything is constantly new. Nothing from yesterday past, nothing of memory has any government or jurisdiction over your mind because you're becoming disciples of the river of life, the prophetic apostolic witness of the book of Revelation that torments everyone who is not a disciple of the river. They said they celebrated and threw parties when they killed the two witnesses. The two witnesses right now, for your understanding, is the apostolic and the prophetic of the disciples of the river of life, which is the only thing this ministry has ever trained anyone in, that we would become in the river and speak in the river and torment everyone else not in the river so severely they have to attack us out there. The Pharisees had to come down to the river and condemn John the Baptist movement as a cult. And they did. 
And John the Baptist was a cult leader to the Pharisees because he was doing it outside of their government, outside of their walls, outside of their ordinances, their constitution. They had, they had a book, the Talmud, with like thousands and thousands of rules, and John the Baptist didn't follow any of them. He's wearing an unclean camel hair. He's eating locusts. Locusts were clean. So that means what was going in was clean. But on the outside, it appeared unclean. And since they were carnal sons of Satan, they, ju they judged John the Baptist unclean. That's true. His, Jesus Christ said he was the cleanest person who had ever been born of woman. That's what it means to be the greatest prophet, that he was the cleanest of anyone ever born of woman was John the Baptist by Jesus Christ's confession. But notice, externally, he was a Nazarite. That means he had never cut his hair his entire life. He would have been about 33 years old and never cut his hair. His hair would be past his feet. Oh my gosh. There would be absolutely zero about the outside of him to look clean. Truth and yeah. Hallelujah. Which means when we get into the river, we become an abomination to religious flakes. You become appalling to the knowledge of good and evil, just like John the Baptist was. And they will attack you. They will name call. They will slander. They will gossip because you are destroying and tormenting their self-righteous demons. By your existence in the river, you are exposing all the works of the devil every day because you're growing in great grace in every way. Father God, I thank you for a people becoming disciples of the river and the full expression in this generation of the prophetic and apostolic, the maturity of the prophetic and the fullness of the discipleship of the river, the maturity of the apostolic and the fullness of the, it's the government of the inspired word, the prophetic and apostolic, the two witnesses of the river of life, that we may communicate in a deeper, richer, more meaningful, living water word, and our whole soul go deeper in the water, get washed, a greater rock-solid new wineskin full of grace, a more intoxicating grace, a grace that works on a street level with prostitutes like Jesus's grace. There was such a substance about his ministry that it would enrapture people out of the most severe sin in existence in the universe into his discipleship. There was such a superior pleasure that sinners would convert. There was such a superior provision that the richest tax collectors, the richest thieves would convert and be convicted. I'm telling you, we have yet to come into an experience of that greater grace. The days ahead, we will experience it in our souls in ways we can't even imagine. The goodness of God beyond human comprehension that's going to outpour not because any of us deserve it, but because Jesus died on the cross. And God the Father is going to outpour it, and we're going to be the container of it because we're thirsty for it. Because I have no righteousness of my own. I have no holiness of my own. I have no goodness of my own. Zero. It's all what's gifted to me from my Father through the slain Lamb. And we're going to become gluttons and drunkards of grace. I mean, just absolute job of the huts. And they will say again in real life, the huts 
rule the earth. These ones whose spirits are just like fat rolls going over the cities and the countryside. That's the person's spirit. The fat belongs to the Lord. It is written in the Word, which means it's the concentration of grace inside the human spirit that's just an overwhelming, atmospheric, shifting power and authority of God's goodness, love, and mercy. Amen. That's the tabernacle of David. David was one of the worst sinners in the Bible. One of the worst. You read about the story of David. People didn't sin half as bad as David and were struck down by God and killed and sent to hell. But David was breaking every commandment. He was doing wrongdoing all the time. I tell you what, but he was making progress in grace and he was consuming his soul. David grew in grace. David found favor and grew in the favor of the Lord. He was a man after God's own heart. So I guess what's in God's heart? Only grace. That's all that's in there unearned undeserved favor the lamb of god has purchased that for you i tell you what if you are growing in grace none of that murder none of that adultery will hold you down you will go deeper into grace that stuff will fall off you just like it fell off of david completely fell off of him even in the flesh when all that sin had worked grace had worked it out in him the bible says and this was the evidence that he had been totally transformed of soul in his old age with the Shulamite, the most beautiful girl in Israel, and he did not lay a finger in her in any sexuality, that he did not lust after her at all. That means that grace had totally transformed his soul, that he was incapable of lusting after the most beautiful things in the realm of the natural. That's the evidence of grace even in the Old Testament. The evidence of grace in the New Testament, I tell you the what, has yet to be demonstrated. This is going to transform this generation. We get a hold of substance of grace and not just theology of grace. I tell you the truth, when we go from Derek Prince grace to Prince of Peace grace, we'll have total transformation. Grace ain't a doctrine in theology. Sorry, Derek Prince. It's not. It is an intoxicating substance of wine and oil that dynamically transfigures the new creature and eats the religious, theological, and doctrine creature of religion. That thing's going down. Teachings of grace are far inferior to the living water of grace, the experience of grace that far surpasses the knowledge of grace. Knowledge of grace won't do anything for you. You just have good teaching. You just have good doctrine. But you're a total freaking self-righteous Pharisee. You need to go down in the river with the prostitutes and the tax collectors and become a disciple of the waters of grace and become a more accurate teacher with the impartation of rivers and angels and God and the kingdom and the manifestations of the glory backing you up and signs and wonders following those who are disciples of the river and they shall because this is the message that will go viral it's the river message it's the discipleship in the river the river of grace the fountain of grace that saves you and is imparted into you when you're born again that's what Restore our first love and return to your first love is. They'd got into religion. They got into some soulish witchcraft. It's true. And Jesus said, you got to return to grace, man. You're not even in me anymore. You're in you trying to be good using my New Testament. 
You got to go down into the water. You got to repent, return, repent to first love. What's first love? The man of grace, the deepest depths of your spirit and all the performance above of it, it just gets washed out. So you get more married out every day. The merry marriage of the lamb, merry company, which means just totally broken and outpoured like an alabaster box, just totally smeared on the lamb can't even get up to do one thing. I, I can't even melt the butter for your cookies, Martha. I, I can't do the dishes. You're such a lazy servant. Martha's always angry at Mary because Mary is so freaking whacked on the anointing. She can't help with house chores. That's true. In the Bible, they were frustrated. Martha said, tell Mary to come and help. Jesus is like, no, she's not. She has chosen the better portion. She's here annihilated in the oil of my love. She's a she's tapping into queenship over here. You're over there in slavery of religion, Martha. This is exactly what Jesus is saying in a paraphrase. You've chosen the serving of the soul. She's chosen the serving of spirit. It's not going to be taken from her. This is queenship. There's no slavery roles in queenship. But there will be many people that choose that Martha. That will choose that eternal slavery. And they still go to heaven, guys. Oh, I flee silent in here. Let no one in my company or my ministry be in Martha company. I want queenship and kingship in all your spirits that you choose a better portion with the lamb as the lamb enthroned in Zion with the crown on your head and a scepter on your hand and the morning star ruling and risen in your heart with the ability of the communication of wisdom, King of kings and Lord of lords, without the servitude of obeying the king's word. For the servants will obey the word, but who will become the word enthroned in the lamb? The overcomers sit with me on my throne and they shall dash the nations with an iron scepter. It is written. Totally different level of power, authority, dominion, and might, and rulership of the kingdom of heaven. May you find yourself in the river in this level of discipleship. This is what Mary's company does. They learn how to rule and reign with him as priests and kings forever in the Melchizedek order. What's the Melchizedek order? The ability of ruling with the word as the word made flesh. That's what Melchizedek is. It's the word of God. Jesus is Melchizedek. It's how to rule and reign without the addition of the sweat of your brow and the toil of your hand. Hallelujah. And you'll work your way, your salvation out with fear and trembling through the sweat of your brow and the toil of your hand until your spiritual ability is greater than your natural ability and your kingship and your queenship as the bride of Christ, the queen of Christ is revealed in the heavenly sphere and the firmament glowing with the grace through your spirit and the word of grace on your tongue as a scepter to rule the nations forever. To rule by spirit as spirit as the angel of the Lord over all the earth and everyone under that level of maturity will obey and serve every single word that comes down from above. Your words will descend like light rain and everyone down below and the whole earth, every animal, all flesh will obey that word. I will pour out my spirit in all flesh first and then 
Those that obey the Spirit, drink the Spirit, that rise in grace, guess what happens then? Then I will pour out my word on all flesh. That's what's about to happen. Not the, just the Spirit, but the Spirit and the Word, which is a totally different level of maturity that the earth has never seen before. When the Word is poured out in all flesh, through the Spirit you've received, guess what happens? 500 pound millstones, no disobedience can exist in the earth. Hide us from the face of the Lamb and Him who sits on the throne. Who's Him who sits on the throne? The one who's gone out, up in the Spirit outpouring for the last 2,000 years to become in union with not just Spirit, but Word. And it's the Word that's King of Kings and Lord of Lords, not the Spirit. Which means you are totally transformed of the Word of Grace and now you will reign as a lawgiver on Zion. And those that come into this level of maturity are numbered in the 144,000 in the citizenship of the heavenly Jerusalem that comes down as a scroll, the rulership of the Word of God. Let the Word of God be poured out on all flesh and destroy all lawlessness in all flesh, in all nations, tribes, and tongues through this company of those pressing into a greater maturity than ever before. In Jesus' mighty name, amen! Woo! Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Glory. Give a cheerful offering tonight. Amen. If the word of God has refreshed you, refresh us financially. It is written. Glory. <laughs>